We are so thankful you've chosen to tune in on whatever platform you're using, whether Podbean or through Facebook or iTunes. Whatever way you're listening, I just want to say thank you for joining in. We'd love to hear from you, so drop a comment to us or email us at thegrove267 at gmail.com. If you want to know more about us as a ministry, go to hisgrove.com, or you can also check us out on Facebook at Deeply Rooted Ministries in Canton, Texas. We believe God wants to use these messages to spread His truth to a needy world, but primarily a needy church, which needs the truth of the Word to resurrect among us so that Heaven's army will be equipped to win souls and train them up in the Lord. Jesus said if we know the truth, it will set us free. So help us to bring freedom to people's lives by sharing these messages in any way you can. Now to our podcast. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, I am not actually going to do a, I mean, I guess it's still a podcast, but it's not actually going to be a teaching study too much uh, today. I had talked about in my last podcast as we were finishing up Luke 24 that I was going to start a series over some of the most commonly taught heresies today, um, defining what a heresy, what heresy is, defining what a heretic is, and just going through them and expounding upon them in depth and teaching you and showing you through the word why they're heresies. And over the last two weeks, I have been kind of wrestling and maybe maybe that's not the best word maybe it would be more so better to say i've been kind of squirming through it uh, and maybe that's not even the right word uh to try to just sift through what they are what are some of those most prominent heresies and how am i going to go through and, and expound upon it and teach it um because here's the reality i've taught it through all my podcasts. I have not shied away from teaching a lot of the things that are out there being kind of um, puppeteered from the pulpit uh, as a misconception or a misguided teaching, whether it's um, just because of ignorance or because of simple rebellion from what the Word of God says. And as I've just been going over the scriptures and I've been thinking about it, I've been trying to organize thoughts on it, I've been jotting stuff down, Nothing just really seems to be sticking, and so while I kind of had that direction, I'm not sure if God has it right now for me to do. Um, and so I'm going to hold off on doing that, and I am going to tell you that the next podcast I do, I'm going to be going over the book of Jude. Um, this is a book that I have taught on, so you can see kind of some in-depth teaching on it. Off of our website at hisgrove.com. You can go find it. It's a two-part teaching that I did over that book. But I've never actually done a podcast of it over the last three or four years. And so I'm going to go through and I'm going to teach that one. Because for me, that is the epitome of my heart. Um, as he talks about in the very first um, section of verses in verse 3. When he says, I want to appeal to you to, to about our... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up. I wanted to write to you about our common salvation. I would love to just talk with people about Jesus and the common salvation that we have in him. Um, and just the, the um, I don't want to say the feel-good stuff, but the feel-good stuff of our salvation. I mean, how good is it for us to know that we have a source of forgiveness? How, is, how good is it to know that we have eternal life through our faith in Him? How good is it, know, is it to know that we have a relationship with God Almighty through the Lord Jesus Christ and that He loves us? I want to talk to people about that, and yet I have the same heart cry as Jude does to say that it's more necessary for me to write to you to contend for the faith. 
that was once and for all delivered to us. Because there have been people and teachings that have crept in unnoticed. That's my heart. That's my burden. And so I identify with the book of Jude in a way that probably a lot of people don't seem to today. So I'm going to go over that book with you guys. And I'm going to teach that book. And it's going to have some things in it that if you haven't listened to my podcast before, you're going to be like, what in the world? This is crazy. This is new. Well, I'm just going to encourage you to be a Berean and go to the, go to the scriptures. And just as they did with what Paul brought to them, they poured over the scriptures to see if the things that he was teaching was accurate. And so that's all I ask from you as we go over it. So today, I wanted to kind of fill you in on kind of the direction that I'm going to be going with this podcast, um, at least for the immediate future. Um, And also kind of give you a word of encouragement. Yesterday in our journey group, we were talking about the concept of needing to love better. And specifically, it was about our spouses, because right now in the church that we're at, we are going through a marriage... um, it's just a marriage series and where we're going through it. And so far, it's been really, really good. I'm skeptical because the concept of marriage is so misconstrued today. Um, so I've been skeptical. But so far, I've been very blessed and edified through the teaching in the last two weeks. But that has kind of brought up this notion of we need to love better. And we need to love our spouses better. Um, and yesterday, I kind of kept quiet. But some of the stuff that was being stated was seemingly in our own flesh. We need to love better. We need to just do this better. We need to do this better. We need to love more. We need to to serve them more. And That's not the answer. That's the problem, but that's not the solution to the problem. And I'm going to read something to you out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 that this morning I was going over with my kids as we're going through 1 Thessalonians. And it's found in verse, um, verse 12. And here's what I want to preface that with. And this is going to be a very short one. It's probably not even going to be 15 minutes. Um, What I want to preface that with is that we have identified the problem. We need to love more. That is the problem. We, uh, We understand that. But we haven't identified fully the solution to that problem of how we go about doing it in the strength of God. And in this verse, in verse 12, I'm just going to start in in verse 11 and then read in 12. Again, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself... And our Lord Jesus, direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you. And you can go and read the rest of it, because that kind of is fragmented. It goes on, it talks about, you know, that he may establish our hearts. So, the the concept of standing before him blameless and establishing us in holiness before him at the coming of the Lord Jesus is directly identified and related to how we love. And that goes into John 13, 34 through 35, when Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, the world will know that you belong to me or that you are my disciples by how you have love for one another. So the whole proof of how we um, are identified by the world and by one another as belonging to Jesus is how we love. But it's not a humanistic type love. It's not predicated on humanitarianism or just loving people. It is a love that is revolving and encompassed and encapsulated by truth. Because as 1 Corinthians 13 says, the love of God, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but only rejoices with truth. Jesus was the epitome of God's love. And it says that he was the way... um, 
the, the, the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is truth. So to try to love outside of truth is to love outside of Christ. And here's why I'm saying this. We've identified the problem. We need to love better. We need to love in such a way that it identifies and witnesses to the love that God has for us and for the world. But we cannot do that in our own strength. So here's why I'm giving you this. In verse 12 he says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love. It has to be a work of the Holy Spirit that causes you to do it. And here's the thing. It's not just through us mustering up more strength. It's not through us trying to muster up a little bit more sap as we're, as we're abiding in that, as the branch and we're abiding in the trunk. We're not mustering up enough, a, a little bit more sap to try to produce fruit. We abide in him and he produces the fruit in us. And here's the remedy. Here's the solution to the problem we need to love more. You love, you give God more of you. In... In the law, you had two commandments that basically fulfilled everything. Okay, this is what Jesus even says going on in the New Testament. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. But I want you to pick up on something that he says in that first one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He says, I don't want you to love me with most of it and then try to love your wife in your own strength. I need you to give me all of it. Every bit of love that you have, every adoration that you have, every devotion that you have, allegiance that you have, commitment, loyalty, all those things. I want it given to me and I want it done in full. And when you empty yourself to such a degree where you are giving God everything that you have, you are pouring into Him. Guess what He then does? He then allows you and He enables you to love your neighbor as yourself with His love. And I hope you catch that picture because the concept that's there is it's not that I try to play divided roles between God and man and I'm trying to love God and I'm trying to love man and I'm trying to serve um, God and I'm trying to serve man and I'm trying to please God and I'm trying to please man or please my wife. 1 Corinthians 7 makes it very, very abundantly clear going from verse 29 down to 35. If you read that section, it says the married man will be tempted to be worldly in pleasing his wife. That he is going to be tempted to be divided in his devotion to God and to his wife. And he says, and I would spare you that. Verse 29 says, from now on those who have wives live as though you had none. Paul is not stating, well that's just your lot. When you get married you're going to have to kind of figure out how to play divided interests. No. Verse 35 summarizes everything. Paul says, whether you're married or whether you're unmarried. He says, I want you to be undivided in your devotion to God. I don't want anything dividing you. You serve God with all that you are. You love God with all that you are. You submit and surrender to God with all that you are. And in that... He will fuel His love in you to love others. That is the solution. It's not me trying harder to produce the sap on my own to produce that fruit. It's me abiding in Him, fully attached to the trunk. So that He then produces the nourishing sap. Or we'll just call it the love. For both your spouse, for mankind, 
for the beloved. So I want to encourage you today. If you find yourself in a situation where it's like, you know, I, I realize that I need to love more. I realize that I need to be a better example of God's love. I don't want you to try harder in your own strength. I don't want you to say, oh, I, I need to love my wife better. I need to make sure that I spend time with her, that I sacrifice for her, that I submit to her, that I surrender to her. No, 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 no. That's not the example. And that's not the, the formula. That's not the solution to it. You give it all to God. And you let Him love her through you. That is the answer. And if you don't believe me, if you think, well, that's just oversimplifying it. It's practically speaking, I'm going to have to go out there and love her. I'm going to tell you, you start loving God with everything that you are, and you're going to see how your love increases for other people. You're going to see how your love and your desire to serve your spouse is going to increase. When you give God everything, and He increases because you've chosen to decrease, as John 3.30 says, and you give Him your undivided devotion, I will guarantee you, your love for other people will grow. Just go out there, and, and as He even talks about in Malachi, like put Him to the test. There's certain things that God says to put Him to the test. One of them is, is to test His promises. Not in a negative way. Please don't get me um, misquoted on that. I'm not talking about the 1 Corinthians 10 that we, can, we must not put Christ to the test and test His promises and teeter on that line to say, oh, look, look, I think I can still do this and still have your promise. That's not the testing I'm talking about. The testing I'm talking about is to say that God says, look, here's my promise. I have promised to provide for you. Step out in faith and do it and watch and see what I will do. That's why it says in Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. He says, I want you to go in faith and do what I've asked you to do and you will see my response. You will see the hand of the Lord at work in your life. So that's what I'm saying to do. You might look at this and say it's an oversimplification. I'm telling you it's the biblical model. And go out there, step out in faith and give God everything that you got and see what he does in and through you for your own heart and joy and for service and love unto others. And so we're going to start, I'm just going to kind of give you that word right now of, uh, of encouragement and hopefully exhortation to direct you into a love that pleases God, not a love that is in of your own strength or is that a fleshly type love, but a love that descends directly from God as He fuels it in you and pours it out of you for other people. You give yourself fully to Him and then He will fully work through you on behalf of others. And so I wanted to give you that exhortation and directive, but also wanted to at least touch base with you guys to let you know that I, I have not forgotten about you. Um, I pray oftentimes for you guys, those who are listening to this and those who might be listening to this in the future. I pray for you guys often, and I want you to understand that. And so after this podcast, I will be coming back. I'm not sure when it's going to be. It's a busy week, but it will be soon. I will be going over the book of Jude unless God flips the script and changes everything, which um, it is completely up to him if he wants to do that. But as of right now, um, I am planning on doing the book of Jude um, as a podcast, a teaching podcast. And I highly encourage you guys to listen to that um, because it is a vital um, teaching that we need today for the church. Y'all be blessed.